the coach of Rapanorama for super coach purposes and that's the first buy round in the books it's always an exciting time of the year have you got the right amount of numbers did you pick the right players have you had any catastrophes of players out injuries have you had some surprises of players in did you get the right vc did you get the right c an exciting round you got to add to that things like who's going to back up from origin uh you know and you've got to flip your team really quick because we've only got four rounds you know, to get the team right for round 17 by. So it's an exciting time of year. Um, you know, a round where it was a hard one in the old head-to-heads because drink water was awesome, which we probably expected. I tipped him in the old uh, big calls to be under 50, but it was more hope than anything else because I thought he was going to be sensationally finished with a big ton and people looped him um, and you're off to a great start. Always a hard, you know, head-to-head challenge when you're up against someone that's looped a beautiful 115, you know, or whatever it was to start. Start the, the the round. Um, you know, Manu finished on 107 pre-updates. I think he's going to update to 120, and I think he will be the best captain of the week. He was probably the highest captain of the week. So the score range this week, I think, could be anywhere from 850 is a oh, to maybe 900 is a good score. Um, I'm finished on 1,048, um, which I'm really happy with for my buy around. I went in with 14 numbers. Um, and I'm really happy with it. It's got me winning eight out of my nine leagues that I've played this week and only one losses to last year's sensational winner, Tim Moody, who's finished on a 1,064 pre-update. So I can live with that. You know, I just need Manu to not update too many points because I'm in two head-to-heads against Brandon Savage from the Super Coach Experience. I'm beating him. As long as Manu only goes up 20 points, I'll still win. So I really want that win. I need those wins in the old head-to-heads. But I'm in 1,700th overall, and hopefully that's some nice green arrows. But it's a great time of year. Um, you know, sometimes the round 14 can be a bigger shock than the, the round 13 because you don't get the backups from Origin. And look, the time between these two buys is short so you've got to really flip and that's going to be what we talk about with my guest tonight we'll obviously talk about some of the quick talking points of the round our good bad and ugly and we will talk about players that we think are sellable now they not all necessarily 100% sellable but there's some that you can consider for selling for whatever reason uh, and some of the ones that you know we're targeting for that we do want for the round 17 you'll hear from that guest next Welcome to the show, my wonderful guest, Ross Mann, a great, great man from the old Supercoach Tragics page. You're one of the admins on that page, and you're obviously on the podcast, which I watch you know, whenever I get a bloody chance, you know, midweek, but it's a very good one with you and the guys in there, and a wonderful page on Facebook. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, I've had Glenn on. I, I, I chat to Glenn in a lot of the the, the groups, and he's a good super coach. Mine, him and all of his family, actually, they're pretty bloody good at super coach. Yeah. Good to chat with, and I've I've you know I tune in on you guys as well, and I think you've got a good super coach mind. We're talking off air. You haven't had as good a week as you would have hoped. How many numbers did you go in um, to the buy with this week? So I think I went in with fourteen this round. Mm. Um, so eight sixty three I got, which is not great, but I think where I'm sitting on. Uh, in regards to overall position, I may end up moving up a few spots because I am back in about 28,000, so I'm not having a great year this year. But, um, 
yeah, look, there's a few dead wood to sell now that round 13's over, so I'm looking forward to moving a few players on, which we'll talk about obviously later. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah good stuff. I mean, I'm finished on 1,048 pre-updates. I'm winning all of my head-to-heads except for one against the old winner of last year, Tim Moody. He's had a ripping round. He's finished uh, 1,064 to my 1,048. And hopefully, I do think Manu is going to update, which, you know, I'm up against good old Brandon Savage in a couple of uh, head-to-heads. So hopefully 20 points no more for Manu in updates. I think he will update. But... I was, I'm sitting at about 1700. So I, I really think that could be some good arrows, which means I've planned my buy well. But like you mentioned, it's a great time now for super coaches. One, how are people going to back up after Origin? Because that could be a big surprise sometimes to people, the round 14, as much as the round 13. And then you've got to flip your team in a short space of time because we've got round 17 for the second buy. So who it really makes you think about? Because you've got these Mays, you've got these Targos and Garricks and Aitkins and Fermors. Who are the ones that you want to hold for the rest of the year and who's expendable? Really interesting stuff. Um, we'll talk about just a t- couple of talking points from the round. We'll do the good, bad, and ugly, nice and easy because there's only four games. Um, and we'll we'll cover that um, stuff. Who You give me your five who you reckon are sellable. Um, I'll give my five and we'll go our five who are targeting, you know, for the upcoming uh um, buy as well. Um, the talking points, look, we had a couple of TLT surprises in there. Uh, Violia was one, which uh, would have been a bonus, and we all had him as a cheapie. He's our long-term now, and he's obviously, you could sell him or just leave him there as enough. But the big surprise for me was TPJ. A lot of people sort of setting up there around 13 teams, really copped a, a shot in the pellets, really losing him. Didn't He was 8.2% owned. Only 2.1% sold him. Um, and obviously there was a couple of others that were origin ones, you know, Cotter and, and Nanai. But I think TBJ was the big one, eh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know a lot of people who bought him in probably last week as well. And because we weren't, we didn't find out till sort of later in the round that he was ruled out, a lot of people couldn't reverse their trade because whoever they traded out to get him back in had already played. So that was a big one. I mean, I was looking at him at one stage, but just ultra inconsistency. I seem to find between him and Luke Thompson that they both sort of share that that, that sort of role as well. And, and they seem to take it in turn of sharing the points and stuff. Obviously, that didn't happen this week with Thompson ruled out too, but it was obviously good for those who own Max King still that <laughs> held him. But, um, but yeah, TPJ was definitely disappointing for those who buy planes and got him in. Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, we all kind of went without Violia, but he was niche because he was 8.2 and people were building their teams. I think that would have hurt people. Um, look, it's a game in buy rounds of VCs, and I could I was had the captain on Manu, but I got a score in the high 90s. I thought he might update to about 100. He finished on 99, I think it was, Garrick, and I just locked in the VC score. When you get it, you take it. And it was a hard old head-to-head matchup because Drinkwater, who was a good trade-in for this week, they got a nice upcoming draw as well. So it was a well done to those people that got him in or, or already owned him, had the VC on him and looped him right from the start. He was 5.1% uh, VC'd and I bet you every single one of them probably looped. Um, but look, if we look at the VCs, there wasn't any that really stunk it up. Uh, and But I think... Probably Garrick and Drinkwater were the ones, maybe Kickout, that people would have VC'd. Kickout finished on an 86. You People wouldn't have, I mean, 
Taylor May, he finished on 73, but he was 50s pre-updates and the games didn't update. So no one would have looped him. Um, so it would have been Drinkwater's 113 because we didn't have the updates versus Agaric, you know, 98 or whatever it was or 97 um, and kick out with his, you know, 85 or whatever it was. So, you know, I don't think there's too much of a gap between all of them. I think the best captain of the week is going to end up being Manu. It's 107 for Manu pre-updates, but I saw plenty of offloads in that game. So I think you'll go up to 120 and he will be the top um, choice that you could have gone this week. Captain-wise, he was captained by 13.3%. So there's that's where there's juicy scores are this week. I mean, is that a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of 950s, 1000s, and then I'm seeing some, you know, 850s and 800s. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, look, I had, I had a few opponents that had a look, I as VC and also looked him as well. So I think he got 80, 86 yeah. or so as well. So he was another good option, I thought, as well. Yeah, he was on for a ton if he didn't come off yeah. that cork for the last uh, part of the game, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved those 20 extra points in the score as well, personally, but he was a weapon. He was looking really good. Um, Oh, mate, the, I, I, look, I am not a fan of inconsistent updates, but if they're going to keep doing these updates that only start rolling in from the Sunday game, at least we can plan for how we play the game. If there's, if next week the updates start happening quicker and we get the Thursday game by the Friday, then it starts to become inconsistent and more advantageous to loopers on the Thursday night next week. You know what I mean? As long as they just keep it like this, I'm happy. But if they change this last couple of weeks, the first update for even the Thursday game hasn't come until the Sunday game kicks off. And I, it, you know, it really annoys me. I've just mentioned it on every podcast, but I'm okay. If it's like this, it just got to stay like it. Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, I had the VC on Munster last week and he played Thursday night and he didn't update until his game didn't update till like late Saturday or something. So, um, yeah, like, like you said, Adrian, I think as long as you keep the consistency, then I think everyone's happy with it. But, you know, the days are well gone where Thursday night's game's updated on Friday, etc. cetera. But, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, as long as, they, as long as they're consistent with it for the rest of the year, then that's just the way it is. Seems yeah. to be that they don't want people to be looping at the moment. So <laughs> yeah. But then again, why have it there if you can't use it? Yeah, and and but then that's the thing. You've got to keep the playing field even. So if it's going to be Sunday, do it. Do it on a Sunday all the time. Don't just make it so inconsistent that it's a lottery of when it updates. Because you know, imagine May. Like people, it's twenty points in his up his updates. So you know, I, I just you know I'm okay with how it was this week, and I had to make my decision before Garrick updated. But I was happy to lock it in. I didn't think he was going to go down a, a great deal, but. You know, I think it's got to be consistent. Um, all right, let's go do the um, good, bad, and ugly for the games. Only four games this week. Um, oh, it was a good – I was riding it hard there with the Raiders and the comeback. There was a two-metre forward pass to let the old oh. back in. Yep. But the Raiders held on for once. That's nice. Now, games-wise, you are going to take the first one for good, yep. bad, and ugly? Yep, so for Titans versus Cowboys, I mean, obviously the good for that game, Scott Drinkwater, just, geez, he was absolutely impressive in that game. He, I think he ended up on about 116 points, I think it was, after the updates. He got three tries, 
three line break assists and just and plus a stack of goals to go with it too. So yeah, yeah, he was, was he was by far you know um, unbelievable. Yeah, it was a great trade in. One point three percent, one point three percent of people brought him in, and you love that when you bring him in. And he's yep. nails a one nineteen. He finished after the updates. One point three percent straight captained him. That's ballsy, yeah. you know. And um, you had the five point one percent VC. I'm sure everybody looped. Other good scores in there were Lolo, who updated to eighty points, which was nice because he was in doubt. I think. Robson, I did the ballsy choice of selling Harry Grant just to get an extra number. Robson over Coruscant was my pick, and he finished on 79, which was good. Tuolagi, mate, he's he's an, an impressive young lad. And obviously in the Origin extended squad, comes back, you know, full of confidence and 98. He, he, was, he looked sensational. Lukey filling in, he, he could be almost the best back rower in the comp, I reckon, better than Nanai, I reckon. Yeah. Um, give him a few more. You finished on 76. The hammer for 200 and something K, he downdated a fair bit. I think he was, you know, 15 points or something, but he finished on a 67, which for 200 and something K, there was some notable scores in there for me. There was some, there were, yeah, the hammer was good. He was looking, he was looking a bit sketchy at the start. He was sitting on not much points after about probably 30 minutes as well, but, um, yeah, there was look. The Cowboys have certainly surprised a lot of teams this year. To be honest with you, a lot of people. I mean, I had him. I had him bottom four, probably nearly yeah. coming last. And they've got a great four pack this year. Just unbelievable. Like, yeah. you know, Gilbert, Lukey, Lolo, like, you know, Nani. There's just there, there's some talent there. There really is. Yeah, yeah he he's so, good talent. And and the backs. I mean, who would have thought Val Holmes could make it? As I mean, he wasn't there the other night, but he's had a sensational yeah. year in the centres. Tuolagi looked great when he first came into grade for me. Felt you know injured, but they and you know you got the hammer on the bench. Drinkwater's just obviously coach knows something because he kept him out of the team to start the year, and it obviously put a fire in his belly. And he's come in and absolutely ripped heads off. Um, yeah. any bads in the game for you? Oh. Probably just a bad was Bo Firma. I mean, I mean, I can't wait to get rid of him next week. He scored, I think, forty-four points after updates. He hasn't really been that great, but he's been okay. But yeah, for eighty minutes and only get forty-four points, and yeah, he was he was pretty average, to be yeah. honest with you. I thought that game. So yeah, I mean, it's a bit harsh. Yeah. That's the, my notes on him. Uh, but he's going to be one of the. We talk about those ones who are expendable to flip until you're around 17s. I think he, he's probably a perfect candidate. I don't know if he's on your list or on mine, but we'll, yeah. we'll find out. But yeah, 44 in a buy around, you'll accept whatever you can get. If it's 40s, yeah. you'll take it. It's not a 20, but um, you would have liked a 60 or a try or some sort of attacking stat from him. Um, any uglies? I, I didn't have anything for that game there was obviously a few few low scores but nothing that was sort of super coach re- relevant that the players that people are going to own so yeah i mean i only mentioned jtb um obviously you know you had a couple of troops out and i don't know what his minutes were but 29 but all it is is you get pretty much what you expected he wasn't going to play big minutes and he's a bit of a meat and potatoes but i'm a surprise that he's 4.5 percent owned um, and he's, you know, it's a bit of a smelly old score. Um, moving on, it was Penrith uh, getting the job done against the Dogs, 30 to 18. It was pretty competitive for a while there, but they kicked away the Penny Panthers. The good for me was Burton. Um, you know, there was people that were sending me messages. You know, I had a guy who was like, I'm going to bring in drink water and Burton, and he was looking like a bloody genius, you know. Um, 
because they had ripping rounds. You got 119 uh, after updates from Drinkwater and you got a 98. You did down date under that ton, but it's two good trade-ins if you did it. Um, Burton, he was one of the good buys for the round. 1.3% of people brought him in. Um, you know, on the commentary, they're like, all he does is kick, you know, and he's just a kicker. And, he, and I guess if you're a Dogs fan, you're frustrated, but it can't be at Burton. Um, and it was a nice score for him against his old team uh, in Penrith Park. Some good scores in there with Kikau. You know, he's been a bit underwhelming the last couple of weeks, but I had no doubts that he would be sensational in this game. With all the names out of the team, they were going to get him ball and he'd be fired up and be a good leader. He was 86 points from him. Um, JFH, another one that you expect to stand up when they've lost that, um, you know, amount of p- players out of the team with a 74. Taylor May got a nice old update, didn't he? Um, 73, he's he's a season-long keeper. You know, like when, you, when you're starting to sacrifice players, I don't think it can be him. Just because of that back line and what, you know, how many tries they score, you, you definitely want to keep May in your team, surely. Yeah, yeah. Well, there were some good performances there for sure. Kickout was one that I I just decided not to jump on, only just because he's not very. I find him not very consistent. But um, yeah, he was certainly he was in beast mode last that game. He was really really deadly on that left side. And um, yeah, May will be one. I think I'll be keeping for the season too. I think it's going to have to come down to either sell him or Targo. And at the moment, I'm probably thinking of hanging on to May over Targo at this stage. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's just for the multiple tries and all. Um, look, the bad for me, even though he got a nice update, is Appy. Uh, he got 57, and I'm an asshole for saying that's a bad. But I'm only comparing it to the two <laughs> popular buys in hooker for this week being Robson and Appy. And I think Robson was the better pick, you know, 30 points off better. Um, you know, the cows have got a pretty nice draw. So the um, so have the Panthers as well. But I just think from Appy, you know, you don't see as much from Appy when your Clearies and your Luis and your Yos come back into the team. So that was kind of the reason why I went Robson over Appy because I was like, well, Robson will just keep pumping out what he does. He does what he does. Whereas Appy, he, he stands up when there's others out of the team, but when they're in there and he's not needed as much, he doesn't do as much. So um, he got my bad, but it, it is. It's very harsh. Um, and the ugly for me was Kiraz. Um, you know, after a couple of real barnstorming games to start um, his career, he's gone a little bit downhill. But the thing is, you know, I, when I watch him, he looks busy in that dog's team and he works hard. He's nice and safe. He takes sort of grunt runs, everything you want in a winger, you know, uh, but he's just not translating through to, you know, wonderful scores. He still make made his BE this week, but he's, he's going to be coming. He's going to be maxing out much quicker than we would have hoped. Um, and he got a 30 this week. So yeah, that was my good, bad, and ugly from that game. Moving on, um, the Mel, oh, sorry, the Manly Seagulls, uh, they gave a whooping to the New Zealand Warriors. Your good, bad, and ugly. So for me, the good obviously was Olakuatu. I mean, I could, we could also throw Garrick in there as well because after scoring two tries, but Olakuatu was just in absolute beast mode. He he scored a try, grabbed the line break and a line break assist, and heaps of tackle bust, and he just looked. He just looked on, really on, and obviously he did the cork and he was off with about 20 minutes to go, but he, he would have easily got 100, maybe 120 even, possibly. But um, for me, he was a good alongside Garrick as well. So that were probably the two main ones for me for that game. 
Yep. Um, you know, even though they're not highly owned, Croker was good in that game. I just noticed him on there. I was like, he must be racking up a score. 94 points was good. Sipley was good um, as well. 85. I think he got a try. I don't know. He got a one-on-one. Yeah, I think he maybe got a try. I don't know. Um, the bad from that game? Uh, Sean Johnson for me. Yeah. Um, 20, 23 points. He really didn't do much. Didn't get involved at all. But, I mean, no one really did for the Warriors. But, um I know a lot of people bought him in because he did have a low break even a couple of weeks ago, but um, yeah, yeah, he was he just didn't do anything at all. So very disappointing game for him. Yeah, I mean it's been a rough old couple of weeks. I mean just watching it, you know, if you do the sort of eye test thing, I don't know if I would have been bringing him in this week. Would have picked other players to target. Um, one point nine percent brought him in. Um, you know, after this round 13 and you're 23 points, you might want to say goodbye to him. Uh, any uglies? Oh, Christian Tupolotu for Manly, obviously. I think he ended up 17 points after updates, but he just didn't see much ball. And obviously with Saab coming back into the team, I'm pretty sure they switched him sides too. So I think he played on the opposite wing where he usually plays, but yeah, just didn't get much ball, many opportunities, unfortunately. Yeah, 12.6% owned. You know, there's people that were like, oh, well, I don't have to go and make a desperate buy and grab a hammer. You know, I've got Tupolotto and and he's been good. I, that's got to be his lowest score, hasn't it? So, yeah, in the buy is not when you want it. 0.4% of people brought him in, even though he's worth, you know, a decent, you know, coin. He's, he's worth decent coin, but people brought him in. But he, look, he's done his job. Um, he's going to miss his BE this week, but it was probably disappointing to get it in the buy round. Yeah, and Albon bringing him in this week, that's for sure at his price. I'm sure there's plenty of other options that they could have got at that price. Yeah. Um, But look, you know, uh, someone like Sabs, you know, bought him when he was the cheapie and picked him over someone like Cooler. You you really got – I know it didn't seem like at this round when all of the – you know, you've got the the light out on all of your players heavily this week. That's why I'm saying, oh, you know, Appy's shit. But he wasn't. 57 is fine. Um, But, yeah, you would have been disappointed. Tupelo has been a fabulous cheapie. It just didn't go well for you this round. Um, moving on to the last game, which obviously hasn't updated, the Canberra, the mighty green machine. Get the job done against the Roosters. My good was Manu. Um, look, if you were somebody that got a VC score, like a kick out or you got a Garrick and you had the balls to just ride it and stay on Manu, you deserve every bloody point you get as extras. I think he'll finish the round as the top scoring player ahead of Drinkwater. Um, I think he'll update to, you know, 20 points at least and be t- mid sort of 120s. And he, it was a sensational captain choice for the week. I mean, we all know what Manu does when he goes to fullback, you know, and, and it was no surprise it was a tight game and a bit of a, it was a slow game, a lot of penalties and stuff, but man, who just super involved at fullback, you know, we talk about players who are going to be holds that you could hold for the year, you know, someone like Manu, there could be more games at fullback if Teddy rests over the origin period. And in that event, you get fullback Manu and it's something really great to have in your team. Um, the bad for me. Oh, I should mention some of the other good scores in there. Satili was on today. He doesn't like to pass, does he? But he runs a good line, so why pass when you can run lovely lines like that? Um, finished with an 88 pre-updates, which was good. Um, Gus was good. He got that, um, you know, you, you busted through and set up that try. He was doing not much before that. So finishing on a 75 is nice. 
Elliot was good. Um, some people have had Elliot and sort of ridden the lower minutes and lower scores. And to, in your buy around, it's the opposite of Tupelotti. You got a 92 out of Elliot today. He was one of our best. The Raiders, Tappany was good, led from the front with no papa um, for a 77. Savage was good at the back for a 71. Um, my bad was Billy Smith. I mean, he was a gift, really, because I just held him on my bench. No one would have brought him in. That would have been madness if you did. Um, but he was a 32 points that I got that I wasn't expecting, really, because he was a bonus. But, you know, uh, will he hold his spot, maybe? Because Momorowski stunk. He stunk it up today. So do you reckon he holds, maybe? Uh, Momorowski I've never been a big fan of, especially with his defence. I mean, there's been, I've watched a few games this year that he's played and his just defence isn't that great. And he just doesn't have any, he just doesn't offer anything in attack like what Billy Smith does. I mean, we all know what Billy Smith's capable of. He's he's going to be a future gun and unfortunately he's had a lot of injuries, which has obviously hampered his career. But um, I'm excited. I love watching him play. I think he's a gun player, but like him and both him and Sawali both just absolutely unbelievable. They're going to be the future of that club for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just, he had a bit more power in his runs. He looked a little bit more sort of incisive and his defense, he was, you know, pretty good. You know, I don't think most, any of the mistakes, you know, to let in tries are really him, um, but it'll be an interesting watch anyway, to see if he does hold. Cause you know, he could be that one for a little present to those people that held him, you know, mainly probably because we couldn't get rid of him, but um, all right, well, let's move on to an important subject matter, our extra topic for the night. Obviously round 13 is fun. You know, you've got the limited games and you've got, you know, do what numbers do I go in with? But there's also an exciting time after that. And that is flipping your team, you know, to get the right numbers for round 17. If you went in with 14 now, are you going to try to get the same? I mean, if you were going for 14, you'd have to have some boosts if, and, you know, depending on how many round 17s you have, you know, to try to get to 14 for the next one. Is that what you're going to be targeting? Well, that's, that's, that's the plan. I mean, I've got, I think it's about seven at the moment for round 17, but I've also got, like 19 trades and about three boosts. So I didn't use it. I haven't used a boost for a while. I opted not to use one for this round just because I didn't want to bring in any more players for, for the, you know, round 13 and then leave myself short more for the round 17 buy. So um, yeah, I'll be looking at probably around about 13 or 14. I didn't want to stack up too much with this buy. There's just way more option, better options and keepers to bring in from the round 17 buy than what there is from this one. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I'll probably, you know, because I've probably burnt a few more trades, my numbers, I think I'll try to get 12. I think there's probably some that I can hold on to out of this round 13 that are probably looking like they're good season long holds that I could hold comfortably. And that's what, and what I'll use instead of using trades. And, you know, I've had a ripping round 14. It sucks when you go in and you use, you get your numbers right and don't have a good round 13. Then you feel under pressure to burn trades and get extra numbers for the next one. But I think having a successful first one, you know, I might be happy to go in with 12 in the next one. There's some good options, like you said, for the next um, buy around for players. Um, Let's cover first some of the round 14 sellable options. Um, I'll let you kick it off. We'll go for our five or whatever, and I'll mention a couple of others that I think could be sellable as well. Um, who's your number one um, that you reckon could be a sell now? Probably Tupelodu, I think, is probably my number one. Um, 
And then I've got Bo Firma is another one, probably next on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've got, I know a lot of people bought in Joe Tavanga. I think he's probably going to be another one to look to probably sell now. Um, and then the last two is obviously Sean Johnson and Cooler as well, are probably the five ones for me. I own three of them, but those, the Cooler, Firmore and Tupelo are probably the three for me that I'll be moving on from this round. Yep. Um, we have a couple of double-ups. You know, I've got Firmore in there. He is 535000 which is good value. So when we get to some of these targets, he's not a nice sideways. You know, he's done his job. He hasn't been setting the world alight, but he's held his value pretty well. Um, he's missed his BE this week, um, unfortunately, so he will lose a little bit. Um, but I think he's a good flip. He's a flip, flippable one for sure. Um, Tupelotto, the value is not too bad either. He has missed his B again this week as well. So you don't want to bleed too much, but the value is not the worst. He's been a sensational cheapie, 459,200. Look, I will, I'll mention some in my top cells that are different to yours. Um, TPJ. Um, look, it's controversial. I mean, you can have him as a third or second front row. My reasons for selling, uh, he obviously didn't play this round. He's got a high bait break even of 80. I think he scores more like 60. His average is 59. So you're going to start losing a little bit of money on him. The dogs absolutely stink. His value is 543,900. So I am, um, you know, I'm going to suggest that he's sellable um, to get one of those players that you need, you know, for your round 17. Do you think he's someone that you'd be trying to hold? I mean, with the injuries, he's been injury prone and the dog stink. And, you know, he's up against a pretty reasonable BE. You reckon he's sellable? I think it depends on your trade situation too, like how many trades you've got left. I mean, if you've got plenty of trades, then obviously, yes. I mean, we obviously discussed a lot of people only just bought him in a couple of weeks ago too. So it's all just going to depend on the trade situation. I mean, if I was in my situation, I mean, I'd probably sell him um, mm. and just move him on just in case. I mean, we don't even know if he's even going to play next week either. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's got to be somebody that you um, look at. Yeah. If you've you know, got the I trades. Think... Yeah. If you've got the trades, I'd be moving him on. I don't think he's a, a, a must sell, but if you've got the trades, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's 12% owned, so there's enough people that own him. I think if we've got jewels and stuff, you might be able to flick people and get – I think there's a lot of, you know, center wing options that we could probably bring in as they're going to feature on some of my list. They're ceiling players. Um, but I think he's he's sellable. Um, look, uh, Stephen Crichton, you know, he's got that run in origin. It's a real bummer that you didn't get him for this round. But he's 13% owned. He's worth 516000 The average is 57.2. So it's not anything that's really hurt. It's not an 80 average. It's not 70s. I think that those 13% can say, well, it was unfortunate we didn't get him for the buy. Let's flick him on now to one of these options that are at a similar price. It's pretty sideways to one of these great options for the round 17. And I think we'll talk, I'm going to ask you a question sort of to finish the show, a ranking of, you know, holds and hold for the whole year, which center wings do you prefer in a list of order or like one to, you know, 10 or whatever. And I'll mention the names. I think he's one of the names that I think is sellable for me. Um, agree. Well, I actually sold him this week. I owned him. I had him in my team and I sold him this week. Cause I'm just like, there's no point in hanging on to him. He's, He's going to miss at least two games. So I moved him on this week. I moved him on to, unfortunately, that butcher who, for some reason, didn't get great minutes this round. But, um, look, 
yeah, that's what it is. But yep. he was, he's, he's been good anyway. He's been good for me since I've had him. Got some decent scores out of him. Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, and Butcher might even be someone who's on the chopping block. You know, you, you could get rid of. I mean, the role probably still seems okay in that team for a little while. Um, but, yeah, for me, I've mentioned, I mean, Tupelotta was on my list as well. He's, he's, been, he's done his job. Yeah, and my fifth one was a choice of uh, you got to make decisions on some players that you could probably hold. And I think that Targo and, and Aiken fall into that category for me. I can see a world where you hold one of those guys or, you know, you, you, if you've got Targo, Aiken and Talakai, you hold Talakai because he's going to play in that round 17. He's someone that's probably desirable. And, and that leaves you a choice between one of these second row forward center wing duels. They're both scoring well enough to probably hold, but their value is good to be able to trade. And I think people are going to be left in these four rounds up until the next buy, making a decision on one of them. Would you have a preference out of those two, which who you'd like to hold and who you would sell out of those two? Just probably, just purely for the fact that they're a ceiling club and they've got a really good drive beholding Targo. I mean, you know, Warriors aren't exactly going great at the moment. The Panthers are. Targo does get his hands on the ball a lot. Yeah, Aiken plays 80 minutes, but he's nothing special. He doesn't score many tries or anything like that, but I'd be definitely holding on to him um, and p- potentially looking at moving on eight. And if you didn't own Talakai, this, I think this is one of the nearly perfect rounds to be bringing Talakai in. Now that he's got dual position, he's going to play around 17. So yep. that's definitely an option I'll be looking at. Yep. Um, other names, I'll flick them to you and you tell me what you think on it. Um, Appy, uh, he's pretty reasonably owned uh, 23%. Would you be holding Appy now or would you flip him to like a McInnes or, you know, or, or if it's not McInnes, who's around 17 number, are you just holding Appy till you can get him back to Grant or someone like that? Yeah, well, I actually bought Appy in this week. I actually went for Appy over Reese Robson, did opposite what you did, um, but sold Grant and bought in Appy. So I'll be holding Appy and through until probably round 18 and then hopefully flip him back to Harry Grant. So yeah. hopefully... Hopefully, as a non-Harry Grant owner, now he gets some reduced minutes yeah, and gets, for some of his games and drops a bit in price, and then I can get him back. So yeah, well, you uh, want that—that'd be my plan. Yeah, you want Appy to get some good scores though, so that he doesn't get yeah. too far away. Harry Grant's up against an enormous score. Um, Max King, you know, he got good minutes this week, and he keeps chugging along. Do you think that he's a move on now, or do you just think he's good enough to be a a benchy front row, and you just hold him? you know, for the rest of the year. I mean, I talk to a lot of super coaches who say, I'm not going to fart ass around too much in the front row. If you've got, say, you know, Lolo and IPAP as your main front rowers and you've got Max King, isn't he serviceable as just a – because who are you going to target for the round 17 and run home? I don't think you really want too many front rowers. Is he a hold? I think he's a hold. I I think he – as long as you keep starting, though, that's the thing. If he's going to keep starting and playing – that 55 to 60 minutes, I think he's definitely a hold for sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, he's not one that I'm looking at selling anytime soon. I mean, I've got Tal Malolo and IPAP and Haas in the front row. So for me, I'm, I mean, unless you've got plenty of cash and you can upgrade him to another gun, then he's really not worth selling. Yep. Uh, but break even of 28 this week, he scored a 55. So he's just going to keep slow burning his way along. So I agree with you there. I think he's perfectly fine to hold. Um, Kiraz. He will just make his B this week. Um, I don't know if he's 
quite the cheapie that we hoped for, but is it worth a trade? Because he's not worth a value that you can trade to. Maybe if you've got the jewels, you can get William Kennedy or something. He, he's going to play his next game up against a huge BE. His average has been around 50. You know, you could do something like that, but or do you think he's just not worth the value to be wasting trades on at this point? Well, again, like with Max King, I think unless you've got a stack of cash in the bank, then I wouldn't be selling him. I mean, he's only he's only made you about 80K and he's only priced at about 250 now. So what are you going to do with him unless you've got a stack of cash and you can upgrade him to a gun? I think you're just going to have to hang on to him. Yeah, likely. I mean, and but I've floated that. Out. Some people are like, what am I going to do with these players? And I'm like, well, keep your own William Kennedy for the next buy. Maybe, you know, he's fullback and he's got a big BE and he'd be 350K as of next week. Um, Dylan Edwards, I think people might have brought him in for this week. Um, in your fullback, you know, I don't know what you're going to do. I mean, you could people who maybe chasing Gutho for the next buy. You think you would hold on to Dylan Edwards? You know, was a 70 sort of score. I don't think he's a fullback that hits you with big 150s or anything. And I think he's got to be surely, you would have only had him you know, to for this round, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I think he's one that you probably want to move on in the next couple of rounds, if not, you know, by round 16 at least and trade him into another fullback who's going to play round 17. So, yep. um, I mean, obviously, Pappenhausen's back by then if he doesn't play Origin, if he can find the cash to go Edwards to Pappenhausen, then that's definitely an option you'd be wanting to do. Yeah, so I think he's pretty sellable. Cooler and SJ, we both agreed on. I think, you know, Cooler... He doesn't seem to have that big high ceiling on him. He's, you know, you, you can move him on for sure. Um, Violia, but he's not an essential one because he's enough now. He's not got huge value, you know, so I think you could sit him there. Um, I've put Aiken on the list. Um, you know, I, he was my choice. I would rather hold Tago than, than Aiken. I think you could probably move him on as well just because the Warriors stink so much. But he is playing good minutes, you know. So one of those at least. So it could be Aiken or it could be um, uh, Tago. Um, Tohu, if you made the mistake of bringing Tohu in this week, I think you could move him on to one of these round 17 numbers. It was a mistake and you've got to own it because Tohu might be playing big minutes, but he's not the Tohu we, we know and love, is he? No, I, I know a lot of people bought him straight back in after he came back from an injury, which I thought was a bit crazy. But um, I, he was he was one I had on my list weeks ago when I knew he was due to come back for this buy round. And from what I saw the last two rounds, it just I didn't see anything that was was that was worth even bringing him in. I mean, he pumped out like I think it was a forty or a fifty last week and played decent minutes as well. So I'm not sure why people would have bought him in this round. I don't know what percentage bought him in this round, but I would wasn't a make didn't make sense that trade to me. Yep. Uh, well, we'll have a light pause and then we'll come back for our round 17 targets uh, shortly. All right, and we're back now for our round 17 targets. Maybe I'll kick it off and, you know, then you can tell me if you have any double ups. My number one on the list is Paps. If Paps, you know, we've we've heard that he's 14 or 15. So, you know, even if he's around late or something, he could be there for round 17. Is he going to go off to origin, do you think, as the 14? Or I don't reckon. I reckon he's, they're going to say, you know, he's, coming back from an injury, we don't, he's not origin ready. 
And if he's there in round 17, you want him, surely. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I don't actually see him getting picked for the next origin, to be honest with you. have come back for an, such an injury like this and, you know, by the time he comes back and he gets his match fitness back in, then especially if New South Wales are going well, the, I don't see him getting his way back in the team. So he's definitely going to be number one on the list if he's available for round 17 for sure. Yeah, 929800 he's not cheap, so you've got to have a plan of how you're going to be able to do it. And when you were selling him, it was probably the right thing to do, but you've got to now get some crumb and to be able to get him back in. His average is 96.2. The break-even is 130. So, you know, I mean, that's very achievable by him. And I don't, I mean, look, you can, when he, the game he comes back, you might be able to watch him for one game max and he won't beat it by much, but he's, he's in a weapon. He's got four hundreds for the year. Um, and I think you want him for, you know, the, well, the 17, if he's there and you definitely want him for the run home. Number two is Heinz. If you don't happen to own Heinz, I don't think he's going to be 18th. Is he's, he's currently 18th man in origin from what I've seen, but Surely, if he if he's not going to play in the seventeen and round seventeen rolls around, they're going to put someone else as the eighteen and release him back because the sharks need him so so much. Surely, I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah, I mean, definitely as a as a hind zone, I definitely want him back. But um, hopefully, they don't do that. So um, hopefully, we see him back. Um, but who knows what's going to happen? Because you know the. The, um, the Maroon, sorry, didn't release Dearden. And I know a few people were relying on Dearden to come back to play this round too. So who knows what they're going to do? Yeah, well, I mean, look, he's got pretty good value, 787500 So should he be there and not released from that round 17 squad, that's Pap's kind of money. But I just yep. think that if they're available and they're there for that round 17, those are the top two you want. And look, it's hard to go past. I mean, look, you know, Pappenhausen's going to be up against the Sharks in round 17 and they're going to be completely depleted, you know, the, the Melbourne Storm and Nico Hines is up against the Melbourne Storm, you know, and if so, if he's available, I think he's important to have. IPAP is up against the Tigers in that buy round. If you do not own uh, IPAP, who's averaging 82.6, he's worth 798,400. He's very much a captain type option against those Tigers. Uh You'd be you'd be gutsy not to have him, you know, come that round seventeen. Yeah, no, I agree. He's on my list as well. He was one of my top picks to make sure you get him for seven. And if you don't own him, definitely, especially against the Tigers. Yeah, and I mean some yeah. of these are very sort of you know like no brainers, I guess. But I, you know, perhaps people are like, oh yeah, perhaps it's going to come back. Well, if he's available for at seventeen, you want him. I've got a couple of ceiling players, and probably one of the first flips I'll do. Uh, will be for Campbell Graham, a missed origin. He sort of had a breakout game, 120. But ever since he's moved to the left, um, I've – and also Cody's warming up, tunned up in the last game we saw him. And I think that Souths is slowly starting to warm up. Um, you're going to have Latrell come back into that team. He's somebody I want to target for the round 17 for sure. Um, he costs – you 578,000. So we're talking about selling these players like Bo Furmore, 535,000. Yep. Grab yourself a Graham and get yourself off to a great start for your round 17 numbers. Graham's average this year is 65.8, which is quite sensational, really. Um, only the one ton, but his scores are so consistent. I encourage all of you to go and have a look at Graham's scoring. He's uber consistent. People like Tupu, 
um, because of his consistent scoring. We'll go and have a look at Campbell Graham. He's sensational with his consistency. Um, I've gone and another. They play, and they play Newcastle. And they play Newcastle for N seventeen too. So yeah, oh, sensational. <laughs> You know, you're going to have yeah. Cody Walker and, and well, Latrell will go into origin if he's fit, won't he? You know, probably. You so, yeah. um, my other one is another ceiling player who's hit his straps is AJ. You know, he's the kind of person that you can rue. I mean, I kind of, in my bold calls, I said drink water under 50, but that was because I was petrified that he'd ton up and he did because I did. I skipped him. Um, I think AJ's in that same bracket. He's the kind of one that you don't have in your top four, but he could be a fifth that you play on matchups. Um, but he was certainly one that would be desirable for that round. Now, the thing with him is, you know, he's 605,300 currently, and he's got a break even of uh, 36, you know, so he's going to be really, really expensive. And some people are going to have to skip or grab him straight away, you know, you know, or if you own him, ride him and enjoy him because he's someone I think is who is desirable for the round 17. And I agree. Um, I'll just add, I'll just add obviously my couple in that you, you did take a couple of mine, but I've got some obviously options here. I mean, I've got Dylan Brown as a definite option for the for the round 17 buy. Um, and I've also got Jerome Hughes and Cameron McInnes as well is my other two that I've got down. Yep. Um, look, I've got in others, Hughes and Brown, my first names. You know, I've got um, Munster, Nathan Cleary, Cody Walker, uh, and Hines, I don't know where I work it out, but I think that um, Brown, Dylan Brown, is in sensational form, and I think he could be a real advantage in that buy. He's a New Zealander. I think he's someone that you could hold for the rest of the year. He's been, it's Munster and him. You know, they aren't they the top couple of you know five eights? I just don't know. Would you? You wouldn't sell Cody, who's a seventeen round seventeen player, to get Brown, but if you have a slot in there that's a Taff or an Ilias, I think he's very desirable for the next buy. You know, if you've got Hines and um, Cleary in your seven, I don't know if you're going to tr- take a Hughes. But again, if you're someone that has an Ilias in there um, or a Taff or whatever, you, you know, I think he's very desirable for sure. Yeah, that's where I'll be going because I've got both uh, Schneider and Ilias in my house at the moment. So they'll be both getting upgraded to potentially Hughes and maybe Dylan Brown, but def- Dylan Brown's definitely on my list to get to bring in for sure. Yep. Um, some other names that I mentioned is Gutho. A lot of us, you know, have got a little odd sort of fullback setup. We might have one gun in there, but or we've paired him with a cheaper one or a Manu or something like that. Um, I think Gutho's a reasonable one who round 17 specific could be a good option uh, for me, you know, it's not going to be Gutho. It'll be Paps because I can run over with him and he's the one you have to have if he's available. Um, but he's someone that people might grab. Lomax, I think he's a bit cheaper than AJ and that sort of one. He's, he's a pretty good um, super coach player. He's not quite up at that, um, you know, Graham type average and, and you know, this year, but I think he's somebody that is renowned to be pretty good uh, and he's going to be in that second buy. Um Koloa Mutangi, he's going to be a little bit cheaper. Um, he's got a f- f- his average is forty two point seven over the last three games, I think, um, which is pretty average. So he's going to lose enough money to be cheap. Do you think he's someone you desire if you're flipping a second rower um, to grab him for the the next buy? I don't think he's a bad option. I mean, I've had him in the past. Um, 
had him in some drafts this year. He's been okay, but he hasn't been scoring that great for someone who's been playing 80 minutes. But he could definitely be an option for that run home. Um, a couple of cheaper nasties, uh, you know, there could be a play, you know, much like the hammer paid off for people this round. Sivo, he's in the 400s. He's due back, isn't he? He's been playing in the lower grades. You know, we know Sivo can go big hundreds, and I think it's cut price, you know, for him, 400s. Yeah, I'll definitely look at him. He's, I think he scored a hat-trick this week in the South Wales yeah. Cup too, so yeah. he'll be, he should be back in that team next week. I'm mm. pretty sure of it. Well, you know, and he's kind of that pod, you know, not many people are going to do it. And I think he could be one that could go over for a bag of tries, especially the way that he seems to have come back. Um, The William Kennedy, I mentioned him as, you know, a possibility, averaging sort of 50s. And he has got a big game in him. He was awful. Got a one, was it, the other week? One point in 80 minutes of football. Um, But he's got to play one more game, and I think he'll drop down into the 300, which you can do a hell of a lot worse than picking him up, you know, and and as a round 17 option. I don't think it's a bad option, to be honest with you, with Kennedy. I know he hasn't been great, but I actually bought him in for the buyers last year, and he was really, really good. So he's he's got some good games in him. So at that price, he could be well worth the risk. It could be a could be a cooler to Kennedy play for round 16. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. You, your outlay cost for him is going to be three hundred. So I think you don't. You're not spending much to get him. You're selling one of these minis, um, you know. And I, I look at his scores, and he's got some good ones in there and some bad ones, you know. So he's a name. The cheese, you know, he's second row forward, center wing, uh, hooker, jewel. He's cheap. He was in the three hundreds. I nearly grabbed him this week, you know, as an option. Um, but do you think he, he's? I'm looking at his scores, and he hasn't been great. Is he someone that you desire for the round 17? No Harry Grant there playing good minutes? Probably not, but just be, just because of the fact, I mean, just the fact that he's probably going to go back to the bench after round 17 as well. Um, if Harry Grant's coming off the bench for Queensland, he's not going to play obviously 80 minutes. So I don't see Grant getting much of a rest, which is probably not going to benefit um, Smith too much. But I know he's quite cheap in his price too. So... Yeah, it's a it's a it's a awkward one, I think, for me. I don't think I could probably do it. Yeah, it's just like the cheese though to turn it on and start getting 70s and 80s again, isn't it? Um and any other names? I mean, I think we've covered some of the most desirable ones from my point of view. You mentioned McInnes. You know, if you've got an appy, it could be a play for you to go in there. I mean, for me, I've got Robson um in there and who was my other one? I don't know. I sold Harry Grant, Robson, and uh, oh, it's old mate from the Knights. So yeah, I, I could do something. Oh, you still got Randall. You still, still got Randall. Randall. Okay. Can't get rid of him. Yeah. So I mean, I've got some options to do something in that um, hooking position. Um, I'll finish the show. Thanks also for coming on, and I'll get you to plug, you know, the tragic plat page uh, at the end. But I wanted to talk about um, center wing because you know we mentioned some of these names like Graham, AJ, Lomax, who were. You know, those ceiling-type players that can get tries and big scores. And I wanted to talk about some of the possible sells in priority. Your opinion on the priority one to, you know, how many have I got on here? Eight of these center wing options. So I'll run them to you. You tell me who your favorite is, you know, and, and we'll go from there. Um, I'll go in the order of how I've got them. You know, my number one that I'd want to, you know, hold on to, down to ones that, are, you know, I'm, I'm willing to sell. Number one for me is Garrick. 
I want to hold him for the rest of the year. He's held his value pretty well, and I think, you know, he's scoring well enough at fullback that he's one of those ones that, you know, you just cement into your centre wing. You know, I think about a Furmore and an Aiken. I just like Garrick. He's a goal kicker, you know, and he's he doesn't – he's doing enough. His score's been pretty good this year. Um, number two I've said is Taylor May. He's got the ceiling. You know, even this week, he just updates to 70. He scores 70 sort of – his average is sensational. His, his try success rate is sensational. Their team is sensational. So I just think you just plug him in for the rest of the year. Um, number three, I've got Manu. Um, look, there could be some fullback games in there. And Manu is a bit of a yo-yo. And this probably could be a controversial one. Maybe people will say, oh, in the buy round, it was great because you had Manu was at fullback. We knew he was going to score well. He's going to get a nice bump in price and I could use his money to do good things. But, you know, Manu gets 80 one week and then 40 the next week. It always, it averages out really well. So I, I think he's a one of the ones I'm happy to ride with for the rest of the year. Number four, look, I've put Targo in there. Um, the reason why I put him ahead of players like Aiken and Furmore is I just think he's in a better team. Um, there's more opportunity for him to score points. Number five, I've said Aiken at five just because, you know, he plays 80 minutes, uh, you know, and his score output is very safe. Usually you pair like two safe ones with two speculative ones. I think he could be safe enough, but he's number five on the list. Number six, I've said Tupu. Um, it would have been a real spew for those people that had Tupu thinking, you know, I'll I'll ride him up to that nice buy and he's a sensational buy player. But now that he's um, been picked for origin, you know, I think he's um, dropped on the list for me for the ones that I'd like to hold. Uh, number seven is Suwali. He's you know, a fabulous try again today. But I think... You know, if I was choosing whether I would like to hold Tago or Suwali, would you who, who would you prefer to hold out of those two? I mean, I'll get oh, probably my, Targo for oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll probably get your scores. <laughs> yeah. Um and number yeah. um that was number seven, Suwali. Number eight is Furmore. I mentioned him on my list as very sellable. So, you know, if it was me and I'm gonna hold some and sell some, I would probably sell Furmore, Suwali, uh, you know, Tupu and you know, it'd be probably Aiken. You know, that's who I'd be selling. And I'd be holding Garrick, Manu, May, and Targo. You know, those are the four I'd hold. And then there's the other four that I'd sell. How do you reckon you'd look? I'd probably look very similar to you. Have Garrick as number one. Number two is probably going to be Targo for me. Um, Just he seems to get a lot more hands on the ball than what May does. He's... um, Looked pretty good this year too. And I know a lot of people jumped off him early when he wasn't doing great. Then I'd probably have Joey Manu in next and then probably go Taylor May. And then the last one would probably be probably be um someone like someone like um Aitken maybe too. I'm I, it's hard to say for that fourth one, that fifth one, but something like that'd probably be roughly what I'd go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard choice, you know, who you're going to sell. I mean, you're going to make it have to make a decision like, am I going to hold Targo and sell Suwali? You know, Suwali and the Chooks, you know, they lost today, but he still got, he climbed up for that try, nearly got another one as well, just spilled the ball. You know, these wingers that can get tries and they're sort of targeting him, there's a big temptation to hold him, but who are you going to sell? And that's the real hard decision for super coaches now is who is disposable and who is not. I think, you know, 
what was uniform is Garrick, Mardu, Targo, May, you know, for both of us. I think, um, you know, if I'm forced to, I, it's going to be probably Targo and I'd hold Garrick, Manu and May, you know, primarily. But our order is sort of very similar. Um, hopefully that's helpful to coaches because they're going to start thinking about that. Um, you know, you do the same thing in the second row. You know, Homoli, you know, if you were choosing between who you'd hold out of Homoli and Kikau, I think I'd hold Homoli. You know, if I had to sell one, I'd sell Kikau. Um, I'd probably hold Angus you know, now that he's back into that 80-minute um, role and I'd probably sell kick out, you know, for sure. So there's going to be some big choices for people in the upcoming weeks. Um, hopefully that gives you an idea of our thoughts on who are ones that are holdable and who are sellable. Well, Ross, it's been sensational to have you on. You are from the Supercoach Tragics page. Where can everybody find you guys? So NRL Supercoach Tragics on Facebook. Um, we've got the page on there and also I do a lot of writing for the 360 Supercoach boys as well so the, the uh, website for that is 360supercoach.com.au um, there's some good articles on there that myself write and Brad and a few other boys over there so jump in there's some really good information on there and um, yeah I just want to say thanks for having me on it's been great long time <laughs> listener <laughs> good. it's been well, great to be on yeah, it's been really good. I mean, it's funny, you know, we talk, obviously I've been on your podcast and I see you on your podcast now with the, the Supercoach Tragics, but there's people that you talk to a lot in the community on pages and in, in chat groups. So it's been lovely to have you on and talk in person. It's such a really exciting time of year. And I think that was a good thing to sort of focus on is some targets, some, you know, it's not people like, oh, I'm not thinking about rounds. It was four rounds away, you know, round 17. So you're going to have to start flipping the team you know you've got to make these hard decisions so it's good subject matter i think to talk about even though we're right here waiting for the final uh, you know lockout of round 13 but it's straight back on the horse and making trades to get your team flipped for that round 17 so it's been sensational to uh chat some super coach with you i appreciate you coming on thank you talk again soon Thank you, Ross. You're a legend for coming on. Thank you, ladies and gents, for listening. Hopefully you see some green arrows. We'll talk to you again on Team List Tuesday. Kick and chase by Mullins. Kick and chase again by Mullins. This will be a miracle. Oh, it is a miracle. Oh, my goodness. We'll see you again this year. And maybe never. Love it.